speak, we got the truth They own the judges and we got the proof We got hella people, they got helicopters They got the bombs and we got the, we got the We got the Hello and welcome back to, I guess it's still into Riverdale, although we aren't watching Riverdale this week. I am your local union rep, uh, Daniel, and joining me is our power caller, Jesse. Hi, hi. Um, I, I would like unionization, please. Yes, it's a very good thing to be unionized. Uh, so... As you heard in our last episode, we are doing a bonus episode uh, in between seasons two and three of Riverdale. We're doing uh, the 2018 indie hit, Sorry to Bother You, directed by Boots Riley. Yes. Uh, what 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 to say about this movie before getting into it? Uh, uh, there's a lot. It, let's just say it almost exactly aligns with almost a lot of my politics and what right. I feel about the modern workplace and it, how people it are treated. Is... Yeah, it is a, a surrealist, absurdist, uh, deeply communist, um, weird, weird, weird indie film. Yeah. Um, and this is, it also has, I think, I need to know his name. All I, all I, I always call him Darius because that's what he is oh, on like Atlanta. He- yeah, uh, Lakeith. I don't remember his last name, but yeah. he no. was the main guy. Yeah, but he is such a good actor, and I'm glad that he's getting a lot of a lot of stuff now. And mm-hmm. and the uh, and the uh, um, the Boots Riley, who yeah, who directed and wrote it. Um, I'm pretty sure he wrote it too, right? Yeah, yeah. He uh, was part of a collective, or I don't know. Do you call it a collective or band if it's a rap group? Is it just a rap group? Uh, that's a. Good, I, I guess it's just a group. Yeah, a group. Well, he was part of a group called the Coup. Yes. Um, uh, which, which does all the music for this movie. Who does all? Yeah, who does all the music for the movie? Also, if you want to get some, like, uh, have some, you know, uh, some cool beats to murder your landlord to, you know, you can, you know, you have that too. If uh, you're, uh, if you're into like. Uh, kind of like a funk rap. Um, that's that is kind of the vibe the coup is. Also, just learning right now that Boots Riley has a Tumblr, which is very weird. That that feels weird, but but yeah, very strange. If you want, if you want a good, really, if you want a good song to uh, listen to by the coup, uh, the Guillotine's pretty good. Is that the one uh, with the line "We got hella people, they got helicopters"? Yeah, yeah, I fucking love that yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> no, and there's also like it's just uh there's also Gin and Genocide is also another good song. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, it is just a very politically focused uh rap group that is also very good. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh, I mean, yeah, if you if you listen to the guillotine, you will just basically get their whole vibe. It's a very like again, funk sort of rap that uh if you're into that, it's very fun. Yeah. Um, but before we get in, um, we have briefly touched on Boots Riley, but I think we need to do a little bit of a deeper dive because this is kind of his brainchild, and I think it's important to understand the context of this film because um, this dude's been a communist for like fucking thirty years. <laughs> yes, uh, Raymond Lawrence Boots Riley, who was born in 1971, um, Wikipedia says he's an American film director, producer, screenwriter, rapper, and communist activist. Uh, he's the lead vocalist of The Coup and Street Sweeper Social Club, which I believe is uh, his old group that is defunct now, but I'm not positive. Um, and then, of course, he made his feature film directorial debut with Sorry to Bother You, uh, which he also wrote. 
So he's born in 71 in Chicago to a family of social justice organizers. So, you know, it's in his blood. Uh, he's the son of Walter Riley, an African-American attorney, and Anita Patterson, whose father was African-American while her mother, who was his maternal grandmother, was a Jewish refugee from Konigsberg who fled Europe with her parents as a teenager in 1938. It really um, is You know blood. from what. <laughs> yeah. It really is in his blood. Like, there's no, like, it would be a cosmic injustice if he was yeah. anything different than what he is right now. I mean, to be fair, was it like Kanye's dad like a panther? <laughs> Well, I mean, that well, that is a cosmic injustice. Yeah, I mean, it is. <laughs> We're all disappointed in Kanye. Let's be real. Yeah, he has so uh, much talent, but also just a, just a shit bird. He, he, he just, he needs a little help. Um, so, uh, by the time Boots was six, his family moved to Detroit and then to Oakland, where he attended Oakland High School. Uh, when the school faced cutbacks in the 1980s, uh, 2,000 of Oakland's 2,200 students protested by participating in a walkout organized by Riley and friends. Um, interested at politics in a young age, he joined the International Committee Against Racism at age 14 and the Radical Progressive Labor, Labor Party at 15. So he's been organizing since he was a young teen, and basically he's been a communist since he was a young teen, which I do know sometimes there are teen communists, and they usually like then take a dip into like weird libertarianism by college, and then sometimes they come back. Uh, this dude's just been straight up a communist for like most of his life. It's just... He is a person to look up to, even though you're not really supposed to look up to people too much. But he is definitely right. he's definitely a person to look up to. Yeah. Um, so briefly, let's touch into his career, because um, that's the next section on Wikipedia. <laughs> um, in 1991, the year I was born, Riley formed a, hi a political hip-hop group called The Coup with fellow United Parcel Service worker E-Rock, uh, the UPS boys coming together. Um, along with rappers Spice One and Moprim Shakur, also known as Mosades. Um, and then they released um, music. I mean, whatever. Uh, I'm not going to get too much more into it. They've been, me they've been making music since 1991 is the point. And um, at least as late as 2006, they released an album, Pick a Bigger Weapon. I think they released an album along with, uh, it was like the soundtrack to uh, sorry to bother you might be their most recent one yeah that would be um they did they did have a album right before the mm -hmm. movie came out like six years before. i think also called sorry to bother you yeah i think it might have he might have been thinking about like i need to look at the i would need to look yeah. at the uh tracks again um mm -hmm. but that's where the guillotine um yeah but uh comes from but it might have been it might have been like conceptually similar I I mean I believe one hundred percent because like the timeline it takes to make a movie, especially in indie, where you have to like write it, revise it yourself, and then like find funding. Easily six years is not like, an unreasonable amount of time to be working on a movie. Yeah. Um, and in two thousand three, uh, he did collab <clears throat> with Tom Morello of Rage of the, Rage Against the Machine and Audio Slave fame, um, to do the Tell Us the Truth tour which was meant to shed light on the monopolization of media and the coming FTAA agreements. Um, so that's cool. I mean, we all know Morello. Um, oh, that's... Oh, sorry. Street Sweeper came after the coup. That's his band with Morello. That's what it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Street Sweeper Social Club is his collab with Morello um, to do some, some songs, which I hear is pretty cool if you like Morello and... Uh, Boots. I, I hear it's a good combo. Um, and then so Boots rather than begin working on a screenplay for a quote absurdist dark comedy with aspects of magical realism and science fiction. 
inspired by his own time working as a telemarketer, which he finished in 2012. In 2017, he was able to begin production on his screenplay for Sorry to Bother You, directing it himself, which stars Lakeith Stanfield, Tessa Thompson, and Stephen Wen. Uh, it premiered at Sundance in 2018 and was theatrically released in the U.S. Uh, in July of 2018 by Annapurna Pictures. The uh, film received praise for its cast and concept as well as Riley's screenplay and direction. Oh, and to June to 2020, so very recently. Or I guess not that recently. I forget it's 2021 already. Uh, he announced his plans for a new TV series entitled I'm a Virgo, starring Jarrell Jerome. Um, and so then... Uh, we've got a brief section on his activism, which starts beautifully with, Riley identifies as a communist. <laughs> um, when E-Rock left the coup in 1994, Riley decided to stop making music in favor of forming an organization called the Young Comrades, with a few other radical black community organizers, including journalist and activist J.R. Varley. The organization mounted a few important campaigns in Oakland, which yielded some minor victories, such as the campaign against Oakland's, quote, No Cruising Ordinance. In 2000, Riley uh, threw his workshop on art and organizing in the La Pena Cultural Center, led a group of young artists to create guerrilla hip-hop concerts on a flatbed truck which traveled throughout Oakland to protest California's Prop 21. Uh, hell yeah, fuck Prop 21. Uh, actually, which one's Prop 21? I might have been confused. Uh, oh, Prop 21? I was thinking of like Prop 12, I think. Prop 21 is... Uh, I think that's the one that would... Uh make lift and well like no, basically see, gig yeah that's what i was thinking of that's not what this one that's is. not this it is, uh, okay then it's this uh, is one from 2000 so we're way off base oh, we're just thinking is because, it the one about gay marriage no 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 it's a increased variety of crime penalties for crimes committed by oh, okay okay yeah. sorry yeah i mean obviously we're thinking about prop whatever it was um that was the gig one because that just passed in california and like um, so much advertising money spent by Uber, Lyft, and DoorDash on that. So much money, well, Jesus. I do I do want to give I do want to talk about this one thing real quick because mm -hmm, this passed pretty sure. recently as of this recording. Um, the House did pass a very pro union bill. Mm. Um, that would basically make it a federal crime for bosses, for basically bosses to uh be retaliatory towards people trying to unionize um okay. and there's a bunch of other stuff and it's no way in hell it's gonna pass the fucking yeah. senate i mean but i already think it might i'm maybe not federally but in a lot of places it is technically illegal it, to punish people for organizing yeah, but then like they're making you know well what well the wording in it is where mm -hmm. instead of it's called the pro act but instead of it being like oh we have to do this big investigation uh mm -hmm. or we have to have proof of it the federal government has to do the uh, has to do the investigation. Oh, burden proofs on them. Okay, like yeah, the burden the burden is not on the person to bring it to okay. the federal government. Okay, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, right. which is actually good legislation. It's I will give yeah. the House Democrats that it's actually good legislation. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to bring that out. Uh, bring that, you know. Up oh yeah, I hope it quick. passes. It won't, but I it hope will. It does. I hope it does. Um, so in 2002, Riley taught a daily taught a daily high school class called Culture and Resistance Persuasive Lyric Writing at the School of Social Justice and Community Development in East Oakland. During the fall of 2011, uh, he became heavily involved in the Occupy Oakland movement, um, and then in February of 2020, he uh, endorsed Bernie Sanders for the U.S. election, uh, which we all know how that went up, but. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, and just in case you didn't get that this dude's a communist, by all the times he called him a communist, the first album that Koo put out in 1993 was called Kill My Landlord. Yes. And if you want to, if you want to, like, as I said, if you want a playlist of uh, cool beats to, to kill your landlord to, it's <laughs> like the coup is perfect yeah. for it. Yeah, it was uh, Kill My Landlord in 93, then Genocide and Juice in 94, Steal This Album in 98, again, a very... Um, and then Party Music in 01, Pick a Bigger Weapon in 06, then Sorry to Bother You in 2012, and then once again in 2018 with the movie. Uh, and then Street Sweeper Social Club in 2009 was the uh, one album he put out with Morello under that name. Uh, so that's Boots Riley. The one other thing um, I'll shout out is I mentioned the line earlier from the guillotine. Uh, uh, we uh, we got hella people. They got helicopters, which is a fucking great line wordplay wise. Um, first of all, I love the sound of it. But um, he did an interview where he talked about that line specifically for a little bit. And he said the the genius rap lyric behind explanation behind that lyric um, is he was trying to highlight that. I mean, it's people power, right? So we've got the people. Sure, the government, you know, has all these weapons, these helicopters and everything, but, you know, what runs those things? It's people power. If you have the people, you have all the power. I was like, hell yeah, bro. Yeah, it's just, like, <laughs> almost every time, like, I see something, it, it like, like, like with Boots Riley, uh, Boots Riley involved, like, it's just, like, my heart, just, like, yes, our <laughs> power. Yeah. You know, like, it's just, like, the communist flag comes up and, you know, yeah. it's just... Also, once again, he does appear to have, I think this, I mean, Wikipedia says this is his uh, Tumblr. It's bootsriley.tumblr.com. Um, it might actually be, it looks like there's a, maybe a couple of uh, personal posts on here. So this might actually just be Boots was on Tumblr for a while, which is wild. That's, uh, that's a wild thing. Oh, here's a picture of him with uh, Slazov Zizak. <laughs> Love this Tumblr. Great Tumblr. What, what it's if, slightly out of focus, as all photos with Slazlov Zizak should be. <laughs> like, wouldn't it be funny if, like, we figured out, like, we did with, like, John Cena that he's, like, really into, like, like My Hero or something like that? Did you, did you know my, John Cena's, uh, like, John Cena's uh, the Twitter account liked someone talking about, uh, like, Deku slash Bakugo fanfic? That's funny. Yes, it's I'm very not funny. like super shocked that John Cena's into my hero though. No, no, like it's wrestlers are all just fucking nerds. Yeah, no, wrestlers are all nerds. They're just all buff nerds. Yeah. It's just like I mean, <laughs> there's like a handful of wrestlers that like actively have modeled their persona off anime. So like, well, there's one. There's one wrestler who like exclusively does cosplay. But mm-hmm. like as big buff cosplay people, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. Yeah. Also, like, there, there's a handful that like have done things like had their finishers based off of anime stuff, or like come out to like with like anime cosplay on, and yeah, shit like that. One, one person literally made uh, their their finisher is uh from uh, Muscle Crap. I forget the name Muscle something. Ultimate Muscle. Ultimate Muscle. Yeah, it's the Muscle yeah. Buster. Like and he just he just does the move from the anime. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, all right, but whatever. We have messed around enough. Let's get into this movie. This is sorry to bother you. Can we put them yeah uh, like a little bit of um sound on this. Uh, sure, it helps a little bit with the movies. 
just this far. So, I mean, the movie opens with uh, Cassius Green. His name's Cash Green. Very. <laughs> that's a dumb name I would have come up with. Uh, applying for a telemarketing job. And it and this and this is a uh, very stereotypical, um, very stereotypical thing. What am I trying to say? Job interview. We have like this kind of crowded office with paper all over the place. This kind of like you know, old like middle aged overweight white dude. Yeah. Who there's ar- it, there's already a bit of that like surrealism happening. Like Cassius Green's come with a fucking trophy. <laughs> And a plaque from his previous jobs to show like how qualified he is. Yeah, but uh, basically, uh, the guy like read through his resume and it's got you know all these like impressive things on it, and like he pull- calls him on his bullshit. Like you're full of shit. I was working there at that time. You weren't there. Um, but then he's like, also this is telemarketing. We don't give a fuck. You're hired. Yeah, yeah. They just need bodies. Yeah. Uh, he says uh, the trophy proves that he's got, what, initiative and knows how to read, which is the two requirements he's looking for. Yeah. Yeah, and and a thing that I do like about... I, I th- one thing I do really like about this movie, uh, which we'll get a lot more into, is yeah. they just strip away all the professionalism. Oh, yeah. Like, that you would normally have. It's just like... It is pretty much just like, hey, just show up tomorrow... I know we're not doing anything important and they even have like a whole, they even have like a whole like corporate thing, which is just like stick to the strip, a script, which yeah. is just read the script. And yeah, um, I mean, that's, if you've ever done any sort of work similar to this, you know, that's very true to life. Yeah. I worked briefly in a uh, pyramid scheme, and yeah, they were like, here's the script. You just read this, baby. Money will come rolling in. Yeah, and uh, we have... Uh, so we cut to the next day, and you have... Uh, it's Tessa Thompson playing Detroit something? Yes, Detroit is her name. Detroit, yeah. Um, and they're, you know, they're all, you know, cuddling and whatnot, and it's all like, you know, it's kind of... She's trying to... Basically, uh, yeah. Cassius is having a like existential crisis, which sounds like he has these quite often, where he's just thinking about death, yeah, and like the meaninglessness of life. Um, Tessa Thomas is just like, "Shut up, kiss me." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I relate I mean, so much to Cassius. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just sort of establishing that he doesn't really have a purpose right now, and he's looking for something to like justify his existence. And, Which we've all been there. <laughs> yeah. And and uh in Detroit is just basically she's horny, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he's just like, Well, like everyone's gonna die, like our kids yeah. are gonna die, their kids are gonna die. <laughs> and soon, you know, one day the sun will explode and all of this will be gone and you know, nothing I do matters, and that's just like God. I'm sure he has this thought like every week, so she's just like over it and she's like, Just kiss me. I'm horny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again, a great year for Tessa Thompson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, this is just after she did Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. But they're uh, just about to get it on when the his back wall opens up, and we learn he's living in a garage, and that was the garage door that sometimes just pops open. Yeah, I love the set design in this movie, too. Like, everything is, like, so plausible. 
Mm-hmm. Like, even though he's living in, like, a garage and everything, like, you can kind of see that everything, like, feels very lived in. Boots did a really good job. Oh, we can, yeah, this, he turns on the TV, sees a commercial for, what's this called again? I, I always forget. Oh, it, worry-free. worry-free. Yeah, and this is just, oh my god, this is. Just Amazon. <laughs> ooh, it's just, like, Amazon literally spent money on opening, like, Basically, homeless shelters for Amazon yeah. uh, for Amazon workers. Like, so, Worry Free is is a company that promises you a lifetime contract with housing and food, where you will work for them and live where they've assigned you and eat their food for the rest of your life. Um, which, if that sounds like slavery, it's because it is. Uh, is also and comfortably realistic to how companies are trying to move right now. Well, also, like, there's the whole, it's also very similar to, like, the whole Foxconn thing, where, like, Mm -hmm. workers basically live on, like, on-home, like, well, on-site, like, uh, apartments and stuff. Yeah. This was uh, a a big issue during the mining era of of the U.S. Mining companies would create these whole shanty towns and pay people in company currency that they could only spend at the company store and just basically keep them in debt. Yeah. Uh, so they couldn't leave and would have to work for them. And a uh, fun reminder: we wouldn't have the eight-hour work, uh, the forty-hour work week, um, without the miners, because mm-hmm. the National Guard was literally called on a mining. Uh, bunch yeah, of- look up Battle of Blair Mountain. It's uh, the largest labor movement conflict in U.S. history. Um, yeah. Don't fuck with rednecks. Yeah, they like that's that's why that's why the uh, that's why the whole flip in the '60s where uh, Republic well the democrats became basically republicans and whatnot Mm -hmm. that's why it's such a big deal that that happened because like for the longest time like the south had like some of the best like label labor unionizing yeah and uh shocking that people in poverty tend to like end up organizing like that weird i know i mean also the battle of their mountain is one of the origins of the term redneck because all the miners wore red handkerchiefs around their neck to show solidarity with their protest. Yeah. Also, we there's a there was a little scene where uh where Cash's uncle is just like, hey, when are you gonna move out? Yeah. Uh played by Terry Crews. Yeah. Um yeah, but uh what I was talking about before we got to shed by Warrior Free is um that Boots does a really good job at uh I mean I guess magical realism is a good term for it. it like everything on the surface, is very like, okay, yeah, this is an office space rev. It's very normal, right? And, but then there's, like, the way things are framed and just one or two things in the scene, like, make it weird. Something's not quite right. Something feels a little too artificial about it. And, like, it peppers the whole movie and gives the whole movie its vibe. And he does a really good job at doing that subtly. Like, like for example, a scene that just happened, there was a golden elevator and there's a uh, there's this dude in a bowler hat an eye patch and like mutton chops and like a right. floral print like suit. Yeah. <clears throat> also this uh this real like coked out looking dude that's teaching Cassius the ropes does have an anarchist tattoo on his neck. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny to me. Oh, and he's introducing the idea of power callers, which is like the elite telemarketers that work upstairs. And that's their golden elevator, Cassius saw. And he's telling him, you know, you work hard. Maybe even one day you could be a power caller. Um, 
<clears throat> after we kind of uh, we kind of get like a little shot of uh, a printed out photo of the um, I think it's Cassius's father. I, I think so. Yeah. I don't know if they ever make it clear, but I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, here's where like I think the movie like really gets it. Like whenever they because he's a telemarketer, so he's calling people and every time there's like a call like it his desk like drops into like the situation that they're in yeah uh like one of them is just like someone eating and then another one is just like a woman like being railed at the time yeah and she answers uh it's a really clever way to do a telemarketing scene um And while in the, very effective. And while in the office, like there's a bunch of uh like like there's like a printer room and like there's just a bunch of stuff happening with like lights flashing and and uh yeah. paper going all over the place. Um the third person that they talk to, uh Cassius is like there's this old woman who's like basically, you know, just stay only staying on the line because uh she's Lonely, her husband is in the hospital and and everything, and it's basically showing like how these like telemarketers like exploit like old older people or try to exploit yep. them. Yeah, she says like, "Sorry, I don't have any money. My husband's in the hospital with like cancer." Um, and so he looks at the script, and the script's like, "Turn a problem into a selling point," and so he has to try to upsell off the fact that her husband's gonna die. Yeah. Oh man, I forgot his friend's name. It was uh, Sal. Sal. Okay, yeah. Yeah, another. Again, he just peppers this movie with like weird surrealist moments. So like they're at a bar hanging out, and Cash is complaining about the job and how he doesn't feel like he's good at it. And then uh, Sal points out there's a VIP room at this like dive bar, which clearly there shouldn't be because you know it's like a dive bar. Yeah. Um. Like there's like a like a. Uh... A password apparently this week it's mm-hmm. upscale elegance and cash just decides hey i'm just gonna go yeah. and it's just like a tiny little room with like people hanging out to loud music <clears throat> and yeah it is it is like it, it's just it's basically cash just like gets his drink spilled on him and he just leaves yeah <laughs> he just calls that baller shit <laughs> <clears throat> He did it. He said the movie. Yeah, yeah. He said, sorry to bother you. It's it's almost like it's a play on telemarketers. Um, yeah, but uh, he he uh, gets interrupted by a person next to him, and I forgot this dude's name. What is this dude's name? I don't know if they in... gave this dude a name. He's just like the old black guy. <laughs> yeah, no, but what's the uh, actor's name? Because I've oh, seen him in I... so many things. I don't know that, just straight up. Um <laughs> uh, but uh but basically this is um uh basically he teaches him to uh code switch basically like yeah. code switching in this one and he's saying hey you should use your white voice and uh Cassius's white voice is David Cross yeah <laughs> uh this is uh, he says i'm not talking about will smith white which is funny <laughs> uh that's a good line but uh yeah, basically this is the the plot point that was used to sell this movie um to make it look like, oh, it's just a fun movie about blackness when it's also just actually about communism. Yes. Um, yeah. So he's talking about, yeah, if you want to sell here, you got to use your white voice. Um, the, you know, white people are comfortable with. 
talks about how it's not even like actually what white people sound like it's what white people uh want to sound like uh that kind of like upper echelon i don't have a care in the world i have money i'm doing you a favor by talking to you yeah. sort of attitude to it yeah, and this is kind of the this is kind of the jumping off point to some of the more surreal stuff. <clears throat> I forget who uh, who the older black dude's uh, white voice is. I know it's another yeah, I, actor. Yeah, I I don't know either. I'm not great with actors. Interesting thing here. Um, I noticed this time watching around. All the white people are sitting in the seats in the front for this team meeting. All the black people are standing up in the back. Huh. Oh. That, I did not notice that before. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. But they're in basically, like, a meeting where they're talking about how to get, like, a power power, power collar thing. And it is a very strange, uh, just a strange thing. Could you put, like, part of the um, dialogue in this? Sure, I'll, I'll, put, I'll put his tagging and bagging speech in it, because that's incomprehensible. <laughs> yes. And it, it's it's very much like a corporate uh, corporate meeting. Um, everyone is just kind of checked out, except for like one dude who's like very into it. If you're ever gonna be a power caller, you gotta know when to bag them and when to tag them. Yeah. Hey, um, what's bagging and what's tagging? Bagging is when you drop the call like a dead body into a bag. You drop that shit because it crossed the line. Tagging is when you claim that money. It's a sale. Cha-ching. Like when they put the tag on the body at the morgue to identify it. That's mine. Maybe you already bagged that dead body, right? And you're just about to walk away. Skip town. Lay low for a little while. But instead, you drag that heavy fucker on out into the alley and then you tag it. And then uh, they've brought on a new manager named Diana, and she does the classic manager thing, which is like, I don't want to think of myself as my your manager, you know? It's like, you're we're team members. We're all in this together, uh, which is a fucking... Oh, her also name, her name's uh, Diana DeBosheri, and it's spelled debauchery. <laughs> yes. I feel like I've seen her in something before, but again, I don't know actors. Yeah, and... And I don't try, I'm not trying to make like the quiet part loud on all of this, but this is just like very classic uh, thing yeah. that a lot of um, corporations try to do where they try to basically gaslight you into thinking you should like yeah. your managers because they're we're, family. We're a family. I'm your friend. We're team members. They won't call you an employee because an employee implies you have rights. Yeah. Um, and then Cassius, you know, asks. The logical question, does that mean we're getting paid more? And she dodges that and talks about uh, social capital <laughs> yes. or some nonsense, you know, because, you know, classic company will do everything but pay you more. Yeah. You'll get a, and then they you'll get a the pizza power party above their heads. Yeah. You'll get a pizza party because that's definitely a benefit. I think they yeah. literally have pizza. Yeah, actually. Yeah, literally <laughs> they were having a pizza party. So... <laughs> <clears throat> Cassius tries to get some coffee from the coffee machine, and we get introduced to Stephen Yen playing Squeeze, a fellow employee, who was uh, impressed with this question at the meeting, and agrees, because, uh, as we'll learn in a few minutes, Squeeze is here to try to form a union. Yeah. And, uh, fun fact, when you're trying to form a union you have to do stuff like this you have to get like see you know which allies you can get inside yeah. who wouldn't basically snitch 
because yeah, uh, a lot of places have a, a right to work or will sorry at will firing thing. Yeah. Um. And right to work is part of that. Right yeah, to work. Yeah. Right thing. to work and at will firing, which means you can get fired for any reason. Yeah. And even places that don't have that, they will come up with a reason why. Um, Although. Yeah, if if you're organizing, they'll definitely fire you um, yeah. if they find out. But generally, actually, companies don't like to fire people because yeah. then uh, unemployment kicks in, right? So they try to get you to quit by making your life shit there. Yeah, or um, or like some places, they'll just stop scheduling you. Yeah, and yeah, they'll cut your hours. They'll you know give you really unfavorable hours when they do give you hours, yeah. and they'll give you like the shittiest work. Also, you'll quit, and then they don't have to pay un- unemployment. Yeah. Uh, so Tessa Thompson's uh, part-time job is a sign spinner, and she's actually very bad at it, which I thought is a funny. Also, uh, we did not talk. Ab- we didn't talk about her iconic. Uh, uh, oh, her earrings! Earrings. Yeah. One of them just says "murder," the other one says "kill," and they're just yeah. in this bright pink, and they're just huge. It's iconic. It's so. She good. has a she has a series of like outlandish earrings that she all uh, made herself because she's an artist. And they highlight all of them. They're all very good, actually. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> also, there's a whole. Also, there's a whole uh, thing where like he's driving this car that's like literally smoking. Yeah. And that's like really messed up. And they are mentioning it a lot, kind of like a whole, uh, you know, Chekhov's gun thing. Yeah. Um. It's uh, so bad that the wipers don't work. At one point, it starts raining, and uh, they have wiper duty because they have strings tied to the windshield wipers, and people inside the car have to pull them to make the wipers move. Yeah. Also, uh, Tessa... Well, sorry, uh, Detroit. Is it Detroit or Detroit? It's Detroit, like the city. Detroit, yeah. Detroit, uh, she is a performance artist, and they have the... It's very much like the kind of the stereotypical performance art. That is kind of yeah. un unrecognizable unless you're explained what it is. Yeah, there's there's some stuff going on with her art thing. Yeah, it it does actually thematically make a lot of sense uh, within the movie. It's just uh, some of it. It's just um, yeah, um, yeah. We get a shot uh, of the news where there are like protests at the worry free uh, like headquarters, basically. Uh, it, you know, it's the whole thing that you get almost every time a corporate, like a CEO does something really crappy yeah. or someone is saying uh, anything. This is them. Arnie Hammer, right? Playing Steve Lift. Yeah. Yeah. The one with the, uh, cannibalism kink. Yeah. What a great casting choice. Cause Steve Lift is also probably a cannibal. <laughs> yes. Uh, really just Arnie Hammer had to play himself yet here because Steve Lift's in a, a deranged character. Uh, and they're introducing that there is a radical group called Left Eye, uh, known for having a mark underneath their left eye. Yeah, and they're they're pretty much saying they're pretty much saying, "Hey, this is practically slavery." But anytime someone talks about it, like they cut to him talking, basically. Yeah, and they, it was just they like change the channel, <laughs> like all these violent protesters. Yeah, you know the stuff that they pull now. They also established that the highest watched show in America is called I Got the Shit Beat Out of Me, where people go on the show and then get the shit beat out of them. Yeah, for money. Yeah, it's uh it's very idiocracy, uh ow my balls. Yeah. Uh, just, you know not the most original commentary on the state of American entertainment, but Oh, they have a they have a talk. 
which is <coughs> which is just really good. Uh, basically, uh, one of them says something about how Italians aren't white. Oh yeah, that's funny. And and uh, and uh, squeezes is like, yeah, they are for like the last sixty years. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like when did Italians become white? It's like yeah, man, since like the last sixty years. <laughs> and uh, and I think Tessa Thompson's well, Detroit says like, no, noodles are Chinese. Yeah. Oh yeah, because the dude was t- saying his uh <clears throat> pasta recipe, and he says if you don't do it this way, uh, you ain't black or whatever. And <laughs> catches like you don't get to arbitrate what's white and black. Besides, that's all stupid because pasta is Italian, uh, and Italians are white. Yeah. Yeah, they're talking about his uh, white voice as well. Yeah, he just did a toast in it. And and here is uh, Boots just talking through his character saying how bullshit uh, yeah. a lot of work is. It's the it's the uh, whole... Um, the, the, basically, like, the whole deal is... <coughs> which is what Kasha says. You're just supposed to say... Blah, 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 blah. Is, is asking, hey, what am I supposed to do? Just, um... You know, eat fucking eat, sleep, fucking work, or something like that. Um, and uh, and Squeeze is doing like some actually pretty good, uh, uh, you know, uh, unionizing basically, like trying to recruit people into it. Um, because be like, hey, if you're, you know, there's a whole myth that if you work long enough as a fry cook, you're gonna become, you know, the manager. But that's generally not how it happens. Oh my god, uh, I never- love. I love the shirt. The future is female ejaculation. Uh, Cassius says he's got a job now and will pay his uncle back by the end of the week or whatever. And his uncle says, it doesn't matter. I'm losing the house because uh, I don't have enough to pay the mortgage. And he's considering joining uh, Worry Free. He literally calls it three hots and a cot, which is how people refer to prison. Yeah. Uh, not super subtle there. No. Um, but again, you're kind of seeing like how it functions right you put someone in poverty you take away their options and um it makes a less than ideal situation better than starving in the streets and then we cut to cassius like actually like getting stuff uh, like getting like actually getting sales uh by basically just acting white yep And we get like a montage of him, like he just keeps on getting cells. Because each time you get a cell, the little bulb lights up, yeah, in the corner of your uh, cubicle. And the managers, uh, the managers and stuff, are just like, "Yeah, I do." This is you can see that everyone around them is like getting is getting like increasingly over his shit. Yeah. <clears throat> and then the manager guy is like, "You're doing so good." But do more. Yeah. Which is... Which is what managers do. Yeah. If you do good, you get more work. Which is why you should only... Which is why you should only do the bare minimum. Unless you're actually, you know, in a job that cares about you. Which most likely you're not. Um, And he's again, once again, saying like, you could be a power caller. You're on your way. And then Sal's like, yeah, 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 whatever. You told me that three months ago. Uh, that's also what managers do they hold the promotion above your head it's always just on the verge of happening yep never comes i just got a uh, promotion at work i'm finally going to be salaried and then it's only happening because another company tried to poach me oh yes. yeah uh so my boss had to like fucking finally be like okay i'm gonna give you real money now 
um, yeah, this I missed the the headline uh, because they're at the bar again and everyone's like dancing and stuff. Oh, Senate concerns clear. Um, basically, uh, yeah, it's worry free, right? It's yeah, just like they're not basically worry free. Is like they're they basically it's apparently it's fine for yeah. worry free to do its legal slavery. Yeah. Also, if you probably aren't getting the hint either, uh, the whole like you know uh, three hots and a cot thing, um, and uh, on top of you're just working where you uh, live is also a thing with uh slavery is still very much legal through the through the prison system. Yeah. Um it's uh, a thing that Kamala did a couple of days. Read uh <laughs> Our Prisons Obsolete by Angela Davis. Yeah. If you think Which about is a it, short and a very approachable read if you feel intimidated by theory, it's not just read it. If it's if, like 100 pages. <clears throat> if you get and if you uh if you think about it, the people who wrote the Thirteenth Amendment was uh, very smart to put in, yeah. except prison prisoners at the end of yeah, it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a whole thing. <clears throat> Which is also why there's like a school to prison pipeline thing. It's trying to make it to where you can basically just legally enslave, you know, brown and black people. <clears throat> yeah, they're pretty much uh, kind of talking about like. Cassius is like actually feeling like pretty good about himself because he feels yeah. confident because he's actually doing like a good job. Uh, here we learned that uh, Detroit is setting up an art gallery performance, so like an actual art show. Yeah, it's her first one, I think. I have a cute little thing where uh, where she calls him Cassius Green, or she she asks if he's gonna be there to uh, pick up. <clears throat> her on friday and he says is cash green it's kind of like my word is my bond or whatever yeah. like of course i am oh sh- and and her- just in case you didn't get it that you know his name's cash green oh okay i love that show the there's a there's a whole thing where there is a, a a billboard that says show the world that you're a responsible baby daddy worry free yeah and it's like this dumpy dude on a couch with like a beer bottle and you're like oh i'm a deadbeat dad um, you know, I'm playing. Oh, you sh- then he should join Worry Free. And uh, Left Eye has vandalized it to make it look like uh, that image of Fred Hampton in the like fucking chair with the spear, yeah, and the AK. Uh, and then it says, "Show the world your response, baby." Is how they edited the text. Yeah. So then we have Squeeze doing like basically setting up like a like a trying to set up a strike. Yeah. Um, which is a 20-minute stoppage during prime calling. It oh, they did a really good thing where uh, Sal he calls on Sal like, "What are we gonna What are we gonna say?" Be like, "Fuck you, pay me." <laughs> and then no, the other one phones down. <clears throat> yeah, and importantly, he is emphasizing uh, that you support any. They're gonna target uh, specific people and try to cause them to like break and and break up this. Uh, organization and we got a ride for anyone they go after we got to support them which is how unions work you know why strikes work is because everyone's paid their union dues and now they have money to take care of people during the strike yeah which is why which is also one of the big reasons why if you go to any place like large like corporation that doesn't have like that 
that doesn't have any uh, union behind it, um, they will often show you like hours and hours worth of anti-union stuff saying like, yeah, they take dues, which takes money out of your pocket, which it's, well, the reason it's there is to protect you in case of you do need to actually fight for your rights. You know, the reason why they do that is strike funds. And it, you know, it makes it to where you can do more sustained pressure on the on the company because as much as they have a lot of money, they still need the they still need the peons below them that they can just fire willy nilly. It's all people power, baby. Exactly. What, I mean, that's it, it. That's it. They've got helicopters, but we got hella people. Yeah. Union dues can also go toward legal defense, uh, if they wrongfully fire you or harass you, all sorts of things. Union dues. Yep. Go toward. Yep. So, uh, so they do the uh, phones down, th- uh, thing, and yeah. everyone is everyone is in is in unity, and they're just basically ch- chanting "fuck you, Regal View," and uh, there's a lot of a lot of good energy here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> you can kind of you can kind of see like Cassius is kind of like getting into it. Like he's actually feels like somewhat happy. He looks somewhat happy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and he's basically, he's basically brought into the office, um, afterwards with, uh, all three managers. Um, and Cassius is, uh, Cassius is basically like, Hey, if you're going to fire me, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, but, uh, it turns out, it turns out he's a, he's a power caller. Yeah. They're promoting him to power caller. Yeah. Cause he... Because he's good. Which this is, um, I, I feel like it's kind of, uh, Cassius is at a crossroads here because he's looking for a purpose and he's like, okay, well, I have I can sort of find purpose here with this union, but I've also sort of found purpose in doing this job that I'm good at. And yeah. they're like, hey, we can up you, you know, you, you make you even higher heights. And he's like, yes. Although... Um, it's not wholly selfish. We see him pay back his uncle so his uncle can keep his house. You know, again, this kind of thing is complicated. Yeah, it is. Like, and I mean, this, this is also though, like how uh, capital, you know, works is, uh, you can <laughs> risk it to fight so everyone can have equity, or you know, they're like, hey, or you can get yours. I know you have people relying on you. You can get yours. That will help them, right? And then you can help from up there. It's not how it works. It's never how it works. No, no. Like it's just that they will like your your bosses and the people above you will always use your family and friends against you yeah. to exploit uh, you more. Yeah. Trying to work within the system, the system will always chew you up and spit you out. There's I reformism's not something I believe is effective. No, it it definitely isn't because look <laughs> look at all the neoliberalism we've had. Yeah. And how and and how we're dealing with stuff right now. But like but Cassius is like kinda he, you can tell he's very conflicted. Like he you can tell that he does want that money. Because he mm-hmm. needs it. He does, because that's the society we live in. We need that yep. money. And uh also another thing about uh about Diane, uh Miss Debauchery, well, whatever. Uh, Debauchery or something Debauchery. like that. Yeah, she's very like she slips into like very sexual ways of saying yeah. stuff. 
Yeah, as soon as he's been promoted, she gets real horny for him. Yeah. Oh, and she also does the thing that I, that I love when uh, capitalists do. They, br- they bring out, like, useless uh, statistics. He's, like, wearing a pink shirt. And she's just like, I heard 35% of people who, men who wear pink shirts start their own franchises. Yeah. And then there's a gag here where she's entering a code on the elevator keypad and it just goes on forever. It's like a fucking 45-digit code. (laughs) You can tell that they, like, just told her to punch numbers uh, at a certain point. She's just hitting random numbers. (laughs) And, like, it's very apparent. She's like, oh, maybe I'll hit this one now. It's... Oh, man. I just... uh, Even without sound, this is very funny. Because this is a solid, like, two or three minutes of her just punching in numbers. Yeah. Yeah, the elevator even, like, says, like, uh, like, welcome to welcome, power caller. Oh, could you put that in? Sure. Greetings, Cassius Green. I hope you did not masturbate today. We need you sharp and ready to go. I detect the pheromones percolating out of your pores. They say to others around you. Hold my penis while I piss on your underestimated expectations. Mr. Green, I am the computer, but I wish I had hands to caress your muscular brain. Yeah. I love it says, hey, you're, you're in your sexual pride, the top of the reproductive pile. Yeah. Uh, so he meets Eyepatch Dude, who tells him white voice on at all times up here. Which, um, yeah. you know, may or may not be a commentary on how black men are allowed to ascend into upper tiers of capital yep you have to act white yeah also um also the dude who is saying white voice at all times is black which probably yeah. say that um this basically he he basically says hey this is where the u.s government uses to sell all the weapons yeah they're telemarketing for slave labor and weapons <laughs> yes which also quiet part loud, the you know capital is tied into the military, and how oh, yeah. war war and slavery across the world is what keeps the American imperial engine rich and primed. Yep, another uh, great leftist movie uh, about a literal capitalist engine is Snowpiercer. Yep, not the HBO adaptation where they made the main character a cop, but the movie that's actually good. Yeah. Uh, so we have, we have, uh, like a scene where someone is going to, well, well, it's Detroit. Uh, she's going to, uh, she's actually in the left eye and she's going to basically spray paint like slavery Mm. across a worry free, uh, billboard. Just establishing Detroit's part of left eye. Yeah. And we have a pretty good, uh, thing here where they're again, trying to sell worry freeze, like you know slavery yeah and cash is like i don't know if i can do this uh and then they show him the salary so of course he's on board yeah be like well i'm gonna have to get myself some new suits and she's okay i love this so detroit is doing side spinning for a side for a side shop for with a side that says sides yeah um, and uh, Squeeze comes by to visit and chat, and then they have a very obvious stunt guy do some sign twirling. Yes. Which... 
Um, and this kind of sets that, up the whole uh, squeeze being like the the other romantic interest. Yeah. You'll you'll notice how much the sign just blocks his face every time. <laughs> yeah. He, Definitely he, Stephen Yen doing that. <laughs> he they they even do they even do where he's standing on his head and like twerking yeah. a little bit. Uh, says he learned how to sign twirl in LA where he set up the first sign twirlers union because Squeeze is a traveling unionizer. Which we should have more of those. Is that a real thing? It has it has so. to be a thing. Yeah. It has to be a thing. Uh, that is not a easy gig, and uh, but an admirable calling. Oh, and Detroit is wearing deep in your face uh, earrings right now. Oh, earlier she was wearing a dildo earring and um, and a earring that had a man in an electric chair. And so Stevens also, sorry, not Steven, but Squeeze is uh, also kind of questioning her relationship to Cassius because. Kesha seems kind of uh, milk toast about it all, and he's like, "You seem pretty clearly like you're a radical." Um, and then he rubs off some uh, left eye makeup that she didn't quit get all the way off her cheek. Yeah. Also, I just really like that this that this movie has like a Steven Yoon as like the romantic protagonist, I guess. Mm-hmm. In it, it's just it's just really nice to see. Uh, Basically, like just someone like Stephen Yoon who would normally be cast as like the you know not the romantic lead because Hollywood's a racist. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, but it's it's a little bit later, and uh, Cash just stirred her up because he had to study all the power collar stuff. Yeah, like he's staying he's staying late. Um, How uh, jobs demand you put your job before your loved ones. So he uh, he he finally like shows up to uh, to Tessa's well, it's not Tessa's uh, to Detroit's uh, art show uh, where you see her basically making uh, basically art pieces in the shape of Africa, and he gives the excuse, "Hey, I'm." Uh, you know, I'm a power caller now, and she makes like a little like half-hearted joke. Hey, does that mean you're gonna pay back the eighty dollars you owe me? Yeah. Uh, so this kind of goes. Uh, <clears throat> so this scene in the art museum kind of goes into, uh, what what Detroit's uh, whole art show is gonna be about. How like you know, going into like uh, exploitation and how capitalism is like stealing laborers from Africans and. And whatnot. Cassius is really focused on the joint. Yeah. And every single time he tries to grab it, she like she gestures the uh the joint away. <clears throat> I think this is like kinda uh starting the little bit of the divide that's gonna be growing between them for, for a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's a well acted scene, there's just not a lot of talk about it. <laughs> so it's been uh I think it's been a few weeks now, or is this the next day? I can't quite I, remember the timeline. Uh, I think it might be the next day. Okay, because there, I think there's another scene like this, but they're like, "It's been, where have you been? We haven't seen you in weeks." But yeah. I guess that's later on. Yeah, that's later on. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. Basically, they're gonna start like a picket line, and mm-hmm. uh, Cassius crosses it, and he gives the excuse, "Well, I have my uncle needs. I need to help my uncle pay his house off." Right. Yeah. Um, 
Which again, she's like, "Well, we're all trying to get paid, man. That's the whole point." Yeah, and then there's a really funny fight here between him and Sal, where they just compliment each other aggressively. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel like this must have been a fun scene to act. It must have been. <laughs> it, like it goes on long enough, everyone's just like, "What's what's yeah. going? What's what's going on here?" <laughs> you smell great. <laughs> Starts. We are here smelling good. <laughs> How many drinks? Two, three, four, five. Oh God! Uh, Danny Glover. That's that actor's name. Oh, that's Danny Glover. Yeah, I don't, I don't recognize him with gray hair. I only see him in like, I don't really see him in like eighties movies. You know what? That explains a lot because I thought Donald Glover was in this movie, and now I know why. <laughs> it's because Danny Glover's in this movie. Yeah. And I saw Glover. I'm like, oh, Donald Glover's in this. And I was, every time I watch this, I kind of try to keep an eye out and be like, where's Donald Glover? And I never quite see him. I'm like, maybe he's wearing some like prosthetics or something. And that's why. No, it's because he's not in this movie. Danny Glover is. <laughs> we have, um, we have another really great elevator thing. Yeah. Uh, which I, I don't want to ask you to put too much in, but I love these elevator scenes. <laughs> it starts with, I hope you didn't masturbate today. Oh yeah, <clears throat> you can tell that uh, that Dave that David Cross is having a lot of fun with this. Mm-hmm. Also, another thing, another um, another gag that happens is the pit printout picture of his like his father. It changes like expressions and like what it, the arm is doing depending on what he's doing. Yeah. So uh, Cash is about to close his first big deal, which is with a cell phone company in Japan. Who's going to convince to stop using Chinese labor and use the even cheaper prison, I mean, worry-free labor in America? Yeah. Also, fun fact, anytime you see um, a product that says American-made on it, almost definitely was made in a prison. Yeah. A good portion of the hand sanitizer in New York was made by uh, prison labor during the... Yep. Yeah. During 2020. So... And also, when the wildfires were happening in 2016, Kamala Harris uh, uh, basically blocked a bunch of people who were supposed to get out of prison because they needed more cheap uh, firefighting uh, labor from prisoners. And those people cannot actually become firefighters after they get out of prison in California because they have a felony on their record. Yep. And it's very tragic because if you read any interviews with them, they'll be like, yeah, I love doing this. I actually had purpose in my life when I did this. And... They weren't able to, you know, use that. I think they were paid like a dollar a day. A dollar a day, yep. Yep. So. For risking their lives uh, in some of the worst fire uh, fires in American history. <laughs> I mean, we also, I mean, there's also so many other prison things that Kamala did, like uh, the truancy thing, locking up mothers mm-hmm. and fathers, and uh, increase like putting a lot more people in prison for marijuana charges, putting trans women in men's prisons. Yep. Um, you know, Kamala definitely has blood on her hands. I mean, that's why she's a perfect fit for Joe Biden. Uh, Crime Bill 94, Joe Biden's law and order campaign. Yeah. Uh, to, to, to change the um, subject a little bit, we do have, uh, we have a scene where Cassius and Detroit are making out. And while, while it's happening, like the apartment that they're in. 
gets fancier and fancier. Like stuff is literally like bursting apart. And, like we get like fancier TVs and lamps and a bigger bed and all that. Yep. Uh, Cassius has moved up in life. Yep. <laughs> and then they have an MTV Cribs uh, parody of a guy's worry-free uh, bunk room. Which has six bunks. Yeah. And two people per. And you see the picket line of Regal View's uh, telemarketer strike. Yeah. Which is joined by... Um, basically, it's grown into like a whole telemarketer strike, not just like their floor. Yeah. And every time he's confronted by this shit, he just changes the channel. <laughs> and worry in... And Worry Free is doing its whole, uh, you know, they're they're definitely trying to sell the Worry Free life because they don't even yeah. have space to eat unless it's on their bunk. Yeah. Damn, this fancy TV. He only got three channels. <laughs> oh, also, like, man, oh, Squeeze yeah. is just saying again, quiet part loud. What do we want? Enough money to pay our rent. What do we want? Yeah. Not eat a cup of noodle each night. Then he gets weirdly <laughs> specific about. You know, wanted to be able to go to the doctor if you hook up with someone without protection and then think you might have contracted <laughs> uh, one of those crazy STDs. <laughs> Everyone's like, uh, I mean, a classic gag. And then he brings it back with fuck Regal View. And everyone's like, yeah, <laughs> classic. I mean, classic comedy gag there. Never goes wrong. Man, this is just, this is such a good movie. Like, I love it so much. Sal. And fuck Sal. Chlamydia too. <laughs> fuck Chlamydia too. <clears throat> um, and then uh, they then on the news you see that uh, private security is basically beating up people so the power callers can get into the building. Yeah, they can cross the picket line. And yeah. like almost comically there's like a trail of bodies. Yeah. Um, and Cassius is going into white voice without even realizing it. And uh, Detroit is, you know, sick of it. And you can tell that their relationship is on the rocks. Oh, and he upgraded from a uh, from a printout picture of his father to a actual photo of his father. I know oh, he's he's had both the photos for his home, the printouts. For oh, his okay. Work. Yeah, but his father looks disappointed in him. Yeah. And, and uh, Troy basically says she can't fuck with him anymore if he's going to be crossing the picket line like this and being a scab. Yeah, and uh, and Cassius is trying to use the, uh, well, well, you can't you can't fuck around with me, because uh, uh, because you've been you've been rolling around with me in my new car and everything, and and now Cassius is becoming uh, very abusive because he's basically gonna yeah. be like, hey, you don't you don't want me you don't want me doing this because I'm finally good at something something that I'm proud of. And basically calls her and basically says, "Hey, you, you, you're not gonna, you're not gonna do anything by selling art to rich people." And then they fight over the sheets for a bit, and she knocks them off the bed, and then bails. Yeah, which this I would say is one of the realest scenes in the movie. <laughs> Maybe a little uncomfortable while I was watching it the first time, and uh, basically said the whole reason I went to work for Eagle View is make myself more interesting to you. Um, and she makes an ultimatum. Um, if if you go to Regal View and cross the line, um, it's it's over. And uh, he crosses the and line. The next scene is him crossing the line. Yeah. Yep. The 
uh, the security, private security, is just beating the shit out of the uh, the picketers, and he's he shows up in he shows up in his office, which is like a f- real fancy one. He has like a wireless uh, headset and like a modern chair that he like kind of sits down on and can put up his feet. Um, then we uh, cut uh, to a after work party where they are being uh, well, they're basically celebrating uh, Cassius. And it's just a, it's just a montage of just a, uh, you know, just a bunch of, um, like, you know, party stuff. I um, mean, you can kind of see him like he's, he's like just kind of sad. He's like kind of sadly, yeah. um, laying in the bed. <clears throat> uh, another day, another breaking the picket line. But this time, uh, is this the Coke can part? I think uh, maybe. Yeah, yeah it's the Coke can part. Coke can comes out of the crowd and nails him squarely in the forehead. Yeah. And this is where you get the poster scene yep. where he has a headband or well, a bandage wrapped around the uh, a, a wound on his head and him looking kind of sad. Oh, oh yeah. that's why the, we don't know his name. The dude's yeah, name is always bleeped out. Yeah. I think that's Boots playing that guy. I'm pretty sure because no one else has those stupid mutton chops. <laughs> has to be. Oh, he does a weird thing with a little bit of blood was on his cheek, and he just like kind of takes takes a uh, takes like a cloth and wipes it, and then puts it in his pocket. Um, so now he's saying that Steve Lift has invited him to a party. Ah, oh, man, this not this scene, but the party, the whole party part. Um, then we have uh, Cassius going to the uh, gallery. Which is called yeah. the new fuck you, and uh, he he and uh, he tra- the choice using her own white voice, which has a British accent. <laughs> yes, and it's a bunch of, and you could tell that she's trying to sell like our art to a bunch of you know a bunch of rich white people, pretty much. Yep. Um, you're what? You're gonna have to fight. Yeah, you're gonna have to fight, which is, you know, seems seems to be. Telling him what he needs to do, <clears throat> and she's pretty much just like begging him to, uh, like stay. And he says, "Like, well, I have to do something important. Like, what? Be a slave auctioneer?" That's when they find out that uh, <clears throat> finds out that the coke can that hit him in the head is now a viral video. Yeah, and it's it has like millions of views, and uh, Squeeze is pretty much just like, "Hey, you know, you're famous." If you flip the sides, it can. Re- if you flip sides, it can really turn the, you know, the, turn the tide. And then he, uh, and then Squeeze quotes Tupac, and Sal calls him out. Then we get, uh, we get the Detroit's uh, performance here, which is, uh, you know, a lot. She has like a little monologue here where she's basically talking about uh, how cell phones are pretty much made out of like cobalt, which is really only found in um in Africa and also she's in a different outfit um yeah and which she takes off and uh it's she's basically wearing a a bra which is like hands and it's something and covering up her uh, covering up her bits that which is just a middle finger so the performance art is people are throwing bullet casings, old cell phones, and balloons full of sheep's blood at her while she recites this monologue from a Motown-produced movie. 
Yeah. I bet shooting this scene was hard. Like, very hard. Yeah. Because, like, she is being hit. Yeah. Like, you could tell people aren't aiming for her face, which is good. But, like, people get, like, people really get her with the blood. She gets hit by at least a couple of cell phones. Yeah. Yeah, Cash just kind of goes up and be like, hey, stop hitting my, my, my girlfriend, please. And she's just like, hey, it's part of the performance. Go to a party. Go to that party. You're going to leave, too, anyway. And she puts on, like, a helmet. And, uh... And this is the first time we see, like, uh, Steve Lift, like, not on the TV. He's doing a massive line of coke. It is a very long line. Um, in front of just a group of people. Yeah. Oh, it's a Steve Lift party, which is basically, I guess, supposed to be a combination of, like, Jeff Jeff Bezos and, like, Steve Jobs. Yeah. Yeah, it's clearly supposed to be like the quote unquote charismatic CEO in the model of Steve Jobs. Yeah. But uh Lyft, because you know, he's going to the top. His his autobiography is literally called I'm on top. Yes. Oh, the 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 mutton chops dude literally had to vouch for him and be like, he's friendly. Yeah. Because I think there's legitimately only two black dudes in this entire party. Yeah, basically, uh, like he he owns Regal View and like Worry Free, and he's trying to basically poach specifically, uh, Cassius Green, because he thinks he'd be able to sell it a lot easier. Could you put that part in as well? Because I think that one's a very important part. About the tardigrade? No, no, just like be like, yeah, we need people like you to adapt. Like the whole monologue he basically gives them where he's trying to poach them. I guess. I mean, you could. I mean, you don't have to if you don't want to. I feel like that was an important one, but, but yeah, uh, we cut to after the, the art gallery thing and, uh, squeeze and Detroit are, you know, that they're alone together. Yeah. Yeah. And they make out. Yeah. That would actually be a pretty cute couple. Tessa Thompson and, uh, Steven Yude. (laughs) In real life, it would be cute. Uh. Uh, so he's, uh, Steve Lips telling a great story about one time how he poached a rhino. Yeah. Uh, to a huge group of people. He also has that billboard they vandalized, uh, left eye vandalized in his house, like, on display. Yeah. Oh, the great thing about it is he was using a machine gun to yeah. shoot the, uh, rhino, and you see just a rhino that had to be stitched together, it has a bunch of bullet holes in it. Yeah. And, uh, they call- and then- yeah, he they, he asks uh, for Cash to tell him some Oakland gangster shit. Yeah, because uh, you know, just you know, this is just racism. Yeah, I get it, because he's black. He's from the ghetto. He must know cool gang banging yeah. stories. Oh my god, I hate this seed so much. Ugh. So basically, he says, "Hey, you should rap." He'd be yeah. like, "I don't." know how to rap i listen to rap but i don't know how to rap and steve lift is insistent that he knows how to rap yeah. and every and like this group of white people are just surrounding him and saying rap 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 and they're trying to oh man this scene is so uncomfortable so he gets on he gets on the uh the staircase and tries his best at first yeah it's uh <laughs> He tries to do Very, my name is Cash and I like to say type stuff at first. He's, he's, I like doing trails, trails off. Some of the audience has to give him a rhyme. Yeah, he's offbeat. He's very hesitant. Um, 
He tries to give a very them, kind of like edgy rap level rhymes. He tries to give them what they want. Be like, I come from the land yeah. of dope. I like to smoke. Yeah. And then, oh my and then, god. Uh, he kind of gives them just uh, starts shouting n-word shit over and over again, and everyone's like, "Yeah!" and starts shouting it back to him. <laughs> Which is, you know, just a fun, um, you know, fun commentary on commodification on black experiences. Yeah, and how they don't want to yeah. hear anything <laughs> true; they just want to hear, you know, want to hear you be black. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a little minstrelly. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Also, how many white people are very comfortable saying the N-word in the context of singing rap songs? Yeah, and and people are singing along with them, too. It's the whole crowd. Yeah. <laughs> like, you could tell they just want an excuse to say the N-word. Yeah, I feel like between that and then Tessa Thompson's uh, performance thing uh, and, like, who she was selling to, is, there's some commentary going on here about exactly, like, who do you make your art for? Yeah. And who are you trying to... What are you selling and what are you selling it to? Yeah. I, also, now there's just, like, an orgy going on. Yeah. And Cassius is just drinking and Hanging trying out, to stay know. away from it. Which Me is, at the orgy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just in the corner with my drink. Oh, this is nice, guys. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, you try to find the cat, but the cat's, like, scared of the closet, so you have to get one <laughs> closet with them. <laughs> And uh, Eyepatch, breaking his white voice for the first time, tells him directions to get to Steve's office, because Steve's asked for him. And uh, he pretty much says, hey, we have to do the shit we need to do to survive. Uh, this this is the way it's supposed to be. Just, uh, and basically, it seems like he's uh, tr- trying to apologize for, like, the, you know, previous scene, pretty much. Mm. Um, and tells him not to fuck up. Yeah, and Mister Mister Beep also looks very sad in that scene too. You could tell he's tired of this shit, and uh, he walks and he sees that uh, people are watching the video of him being hit with a coke can, and laughing at him. He's like kind of walking down this like kind of spooky hallway with like like uh, eerie music playing, and that they just have like lime green and dark green doors. It almost looks like he's in a maze because every time he turns, it's like he has the same thing that's happening. But then he sees uh, the magenta door and goes in. <clears throat> Man, Army so, Hammer, you could tell Army Hammer probably did a lot of coke in real life because, like, there's no way, like, you could act like this, like, disconvincingly. <laughs> he, he pretty much has Cassius does, like, not a line of coke, a spiral of coke. Yep. On a horse plate. Yeah. And he's trying to he's trying to say, hey, I want you to worry free. I see something in you. I think uh, you're more than just the world's greatest telemarketer. And he pretty much just says, yeah, I don't want to talk about that. I just want to talk about the money. Yep. So uh, Steve puts on a video presentation and then Cassius realizes he has to pee. Yeah. And some would say this is when the people who are watching the movie with me, uh, a couple a couple of uh seats down stopped enjoying the movie as much like around the next scene yeah this is where the movie takes a definite turn <laughs> yes i find it i find it to be very good but you know yeah he goes to uh so he says it's halfway down the hall the emerald door on the right and so he goes through one of the green doors in the hallway and it's this big like sh- gym shower looking facility with one stall yeah yeah, the person, he's asking, like, hey, are you in or out? 
And the person in the stall would be like, can you help me? Please, could you help me? I'm fucked up, man. I, I need help. And uh, he goes to open the door and like a fucking horse man drops yep. down. With his penis out and everything. Yep, and they're chained up. And it's just asking, it's just yelling, help me, help me over and over again. It is writhing in pain. Yeah. And then some more come out of the showers. All begging to die. Yeah, he didn't go through the emerald door. He went through the like the the other the olive. olive door. <laughs> yeah. Arnie Hammer shows up with a gun. He said, Oh, he said the jade door. And he says, No, that's an olive door. That's clearly an olive door. <laughs> and he's trying to basically like calm him down and, you know, get him back at the office and say, Hey, hey. And it and he turns out he, he doesn't have to pee anymore because uh, he pissed himself because he saw a bunch of horse people yelling at him. Yeah. And uh justifiably we have uh Cassius is freaked out, be like, what the fuck was that? And um they show the video. It's basically like this like claymation, it looks like. Is it claymation? Or stop motion yeah. or something like that? Yeah, claymation. We have this, uh, we have on the screen like a, uh, like a cave woman with their tits out, basically. And talking about how, um, you know, uh, tools are like an extension of your arm. And in that way, humans have been modifying themselves for centuries. And so we're just taking the next natural step in that modification. Yeah. By, you know, injecting horse DNA into you. <laughs> yeah. Again, quiet part loud. Uh, they're gonna make you into workhorses, so you're more efficient and profitable. Yeah. Proud to announce to our shareholders, it's, that's who this is directed at, not even the people who would be taking this, being like, this could be a boon to you. No, it's to the people who would be making money off it. Yeah. Because the horse people will not only be stronger, but can work more, and longer and harder. It's kind of like how there's the whole, um... Well, people are celebrating, oh, those exoskeletons are helping old people lift up heavy boxes they weren't able to lift up anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Arne Hammer is like, I just wanted to understand that there's a reason for this, that this isn't irrational, which is like a very capitalist. <laughs> like, of course, everything's got a rational reason why people need to starve and work to death. It's not just for cruelty. There's a purpose behind it. You have to understand. It all makes sense. The free market. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, they they go further into the uh into the video and basically they just have the uh the workers do something that looks like coke. Yep. That that's how they begin the process. Yeah. And then that's how they become uh like, you know, like a horse person. And, uh, as we just said a little bit earlier, Cassius did a, did the Coke off of a plate. Yeah. Cassius clocked that as well. And he's like, what the fuck did you have me snort? <laughs> like what you, uh, what you got was 100% Peruvian, but like they probably got horses in Peru and army. And I can't, it's Steven lift, but I just, I cannot take the idea of army hammer being, having a cannibal, a cannibal, a cannibalism kink on my head. Uh, but he basically, you know, tries to calm him down and, uh, and, you know, 
it's a little hard for uh for Cassius to you know calm down because he just saw you're gonna literally turn people into horse people and army oh this is the this is the one yeah this this part you might want to put in but it's basically saying how this is the future of labor and they're they're going to form their own society probably their own culture and and then he basically describes what what capitalists think of the lower class they're going to start organizing and they're going to start rebelling and we're going to need someone who can stop it manage it which is which is why my favorite part of the scene, my favorite part, the equestrian Martin Luther King Jr. I mean, in a way, that was kind of also just the timeline of slavery in America. Yeah. We got all these people, and then they kind of formed their own culture. Maybe they want to organize, maybe they want to rebel. Oops, Pro, we're going to kill all their leaders. Yep. That's why Fred Hamptons was killed in his 20s. Yep. And Martin Luther King, after the FBI tried to make him commit suicide. Oh, you know what? Earlier I said they made him look like Fred Hampton in that chair. I think I'm Matt Huey P. Noon. I get those two confused all the time in my head. Oh, yeah. Because they're both prominent Panther leaders at the same time. Uh, and everyone, you shouldn't forget um, that the reason, uh, one of the reasons why we have a salt gun ban in California is because Ronald Reagan, when he was a governor, noticed that the Panthers were doing uh, were doing opening carrying uh, guns, yeah. and uh, you you only uh, you only want gun control whenever the wrong people have it, which is which is why which is why everyone should be be armed. It's it's a it's a there's a reason why Marx quoted said you know under no pretense should the uh, workers be um unarmed i forget the exact term yeah but cassius you can tell is a very uh upset it also is offered a hundred million dollars with a smiley face at the bottom yeah Uh, we cut to the next morning and he's he's uh he wakes up in like a pool of his own blood on the pillow so he sees a, a negative article about worry free in the newspaper and decides to try to contact that reporter get the uh, truth out of there he's spelling out he he's spelling out the entire entire plan and it sounds uh crazy and uh pretty much uh, they get hung up on and then he turns on the tv and uh they turns out they're gonna sell uh they're gonna someone's trying to make a uh halloween costume of him being hit in the head with a with a coke yeah and he can't find his cell phone. Yeah. That's going to come back later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you see him going to the uh, doctor. They had like a little um, thing on the news about the uh, saying who who the person was being hit. But when he was in the doctor, the nurse came out and said his name at the same time. And then, uh, and then you go back and uh, we go back to his apartment and... Uh, uh, you have Detroit, and he's he basically being like, hey, is my dick any different? Yeah. And then she says that he sent her a video late last night, and she didn't open it because she thought it was going to be lewd as fuck. Uh, then they watch it, and it turns out the horses got a hold of the the phone and sent this. Yeah. And then we have uh, Stephen Lift saying, basically saying he's going to kill the, the horse people that was on the on the phone. 
<laughs> basically uh he says hey i um i don't know what to do i snorted some coke and i thought i thought it activated something in me and and uh detroit's just like well why did you have me look at your nostrils why are you so focused on your dick um and this is kind of like a rekindling of their relationship they basically uh later that day they we cut to them like uh post-sex in some really heavy by lighting um, yeah and uh cassius is pretty much just like i'm not gonna be a power caller anymore um he's basically wow. s- not subtle <laughs> yes oh my god this is just so first detroit says i'm still not really cool with the- all of this because you're only saying this now because it's affecting you directly and he's like well i see how they view me now i'm just another fucking uh creature to them to work and make money off of and manipulate <laughs> it's like huh. oh wonder what he could be saying there about workers <laughs> mm-hmm. i wonder that's only see oh man it's just the beauty of this movie is that it is just it's like one of the only movies i could think of that has a quote-unquote anti-capitalist like thing that actually just says the stuff instead of trying to like parse it through like three layers of liberalism there's like a couple others but yeah it's few and far between unfortunately one of them is in time you remember in time starring justin timberlake and olivia Munn? yeah that's unfortunate like that was actually a very direct thing as well it's incredibly on the nose it's just also not a good movie though i did a uh for a while uh sometimes i would do a movie i would do in time and about time as a double feature just because i thought it was funny because mm. about time is like this like really good romantic Donald gleason like time travel movie about like romance and about time is just really fucking dub yeah <clears throat> yeah we cut to a thing a little bit uh later where we see thompson and tessa thompson what am i trying to say um uh, Detroit. A bunch of left, a bunch of left eye people set up a statue in front of Steve Lift's house, or uh, maybe worry free. Yeah. It was Steve Lift fucking a horse, and it says they're turning people into horses. Yeah, and someone's just like, "What does it say? Does it say like, or what does it mean? Yeah, like, what's it trying to say? <laughs> it's it's like, well, maybe it's literal. <laughs> it's very literal. <laughs> yeah, Cassius uh, is like thin, like kind of heckled and. Uh, he gets roasted for being the can guy. Yeah, and then he runs and trips. Oh, the person, uh, the person who uh, he calls, uh, I got the I got the shit kicked out of me, people. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'd be like, oh, I'm the I'm the uh, have have a cola and smile, bitch, uh, uh, guy. Oh, and the cool thing too is like he wears the uh, headband, the like bandage. The whole time, and you can see it get bloodier and bloodier each day. Yeah. So he wants them to play a new clip that they agreed that he would play, and they're like, well, first you gotta get the shit kicked out of you, and you gotta go into the shit pit. Or the shit tank. And then he just... Brief, yeah. <laughs> she's being held back, and like, this like, mandolin is just punching him in the stomach. <laughs> yeah, just working his torso. And then the next, they smash cut to him just being covered in dookie. Also, uh... 
Oh man, I just even connected this. Um, they're commenting. There's there's been some comments like before he did the thing that uh, there was a commercial using an actor that looked like him to sell the soda. The woman who threw the can got a big deal where she made money, and it's like everyone but him is making money off this. And this is like how a lot of black content creators who go viral end up. Like, you know, the on fleet girl didn't see a cent from coining the term on fleek, but then everyone around that, you know, fucking capitalized the fuck out of it. I think the most uh, famous example, which got rectified later, was the uh, the Gregory brothers doing the, um, the Hide Your Kids, Hide Your Wife. Oh, thing. yeah, yeah. Um, they, they literally, a couple of years after, they got a lot of, uh, a lot of, um, what word am I trying to say? A backlash about it uh yeah. they they said that they were gonna stop using people's personal tragedies and just stick with like news if they're gonna do yeah stuff um and they no longer do videos really like that anymore it's just like yeah. politicians now um yeah so he then goes on like a whole late show press circuit where he's telling everyone to like call your senators we gotta tell them to stop this and then they, he sees on the news that uh, Worry Free has made record-breaking sales and a bunch of congressmen and senators helped uh, Steve Lift ring in the bell of the stock trade because the stock's raised so high after it's come out that they have these horse people for to do labor. Yeah. Um, which is why the electoralism doesn't work. Yeah. One of the, one of the, con- I forgot what the joke name was, but one of them was like Nancy something, which is definitely oh. <laughs> supposed to be Nancy Pelosi, who, let me remind you, still sucks. Uh, yep. And they meet, he meets with Sal and uh, uh, Squeeze. Uh, who says um, a very pointed line about how if people see a problem, but then don't, aren't presented a plan, then they don't know what to do and they just get used to the problem. Which is a big thing for communists. Yeah, is having a plan. It's it's almost it's almost as if uh, we get manufactured consent that stuff happens. Uh, you get presented a problem and say the people tell you that there's no way to really fix it, and then you just have to want you just have to deal with it because you know that's the way it's supposed to happen. Um. But, uh, but there's a there's a big old plan, and it's stuff that like we don't really know what it is yet. Uh, but they they've done some a couple of things. You see, Cash is breaking into Steve's house using the video to see what the key lock is. They're moving uh, Tessa Thompson's statues from her art exhibit somewhere, and so it's the next day. They're all at the picket line. They're all wearing the uh, can costume. Yeah. And so, um, private security breaches in and starts doing their thing. And then they run up against a couple people and bounce back because it's actually those big uh, stone statues. And they did it. They they stopped. Oh, and then the football guys, I guess, from... They were introduced earlier. Yeah. Go tackle some of them. It's whatever. They stopped the people from crossing the picket line is the point. Yeah. It's like, wow, they did it. Yeah. And they see that Cassius is like on their side, and then it's kind of like, it's you know, it's doing a thing, you know, it's turning stuff, turning the tide for a second. 
Yeah, and then uh, an unmarked van draws up, and even more uh, private security dudes pop out, start tear gassing them. I wouldn't be surprised, like if they could, if they, if he could. I wouldn't be surprised if they were supposed to represent uh, Pinkertons. I forget what exactly yeah. they were called, but Pinkertons are still hired to this day. Um, yeah. to uh, bust union uh, unionizing efforts, like people were literally hire like Pinkertons to pretend to be workers and stuff. Yeah, Pinkerton security still is a thing. Yep, uh, they're called something else, but their their overall uh, thing is called something else. I forget exactly what it's called. And so it seems like you know this protest is being broken up. Oh no! But then Cassius makes a call and blows a whistle. Then gets caught by a guard. Yeah, and he's in an unmarked van. He wakes up and he has like, then he can see outside of the van, and you can tell that he's like scared. And you see like the the strikers like uh, they're just kind of running away, being chased by security people, including hitting them with their cars. Boy, hmm. that was a cold shot. Hmm. It's almost as if people have been wanting to use the uh, protests as a, as a uh, justification for violence against, you know, people who want something different. But they see the, the van slowly getting pushed back, and the horse people are here to help. And they're beating up the security guards because they're so big and strong. Yeah. Which is why, if you ever get one of those like uh, exoskeletons that make you stronger and make it easier, you should use them to punch your boss. <laughs> and their penises are so large. Yeah, and a horse, a horse person just ripped open the doors. It it just saved Cassius, and he's doing, and he's and Cassius was doing that thing where you think, um, you know, the person is doesn't understand you talking very slowly and the person is like yeah. yo i'm dave you could just talk normal yeah, it's like i'm from east oakland bro yeah and uh aid squeeze is just like hey same uh same struggle same fight and then they're they're together and they're gonna they're gonna take down worry free yeah it's called orker solidarity yeah it's sapien wait it's a sapiens equis it's yeah equi equis sapiens because they're horse people yeah not Homo sapiens, but Equisapiens. Yeah, and uh, Cassius. And after like they can breathe for a little bit, Cassius and uh, Detroit, they they make out in the streets, mm -hmm. which is you know where you should make out in after you uh, take down a bunch of security guards who are trying to make the strike go away. Make out in the streets. And he gives Sal his cool car he bought with the power collar money. Yeah. And uh, and he says like, "Hey, I bought my own call car, and it was just like kind of like an older, just an older, reliable car." Yeah, just like a sedan. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and him and Sal, they're they're pretty much made up now, because you know they're they're they're. I mean, fuck yeah, I'd make up with anyone who bought me a car too. Yeah. He said like, "Hey, you know, you could have just said sorry. That probably would have been enough. But you know what? We're, we're definitely good now." And uh, Cassius basically becomes uh, what Squeeze was, which was a traveling unionizer. Does he? No, I thought he says you have to do something else. You have to go on and do no, something No, he said else. he was going back to Regal View. Oh, no, he never said, mind. If I the was union thinking, will have me. Yeah. Oh, no, never mind. I'm sorry. I, I misread that. Uh. 
And you think this would be like, you know, kind of the end of the movie. It feels like the end of the movie, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, everything everything went good. They won the strike, everything worked out. He's got a new lease on life, everything's you know, he's got a new perspective, he's back in his old place. So, you know, he's got some humility. Yeah, he took some of the stuff out of the old apartment, yeah. but he still lives in the garage. And is the picture of his, his dad dad's is dad's photo is happy. Everything's worked out. Yeah, it's so good. Everything's great. Oops. Oh, oh no. What's going on? Oh, something's wrong with him. Oh. He's holding his face. What's going on? Oh, what's, oh no. Got a nosebleed? Oh, it must be a nosebleed. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. His nostrils are looking awfully big there. Yeah. Oh, and that's the end of the movie. Well, no, no, except for that bit. one screen. Yeah. There's one, one. I haven't forgotten the after credits scene, Jesse. <laughs> or the mid credit scene. <laughs> Jesse. Okay. <laughs> We're at Steve Lift's house. A phone's ringing. No one's there. Oh, Steve's there. There he is. He looks hungover. He picks up, picks up the phone. Cassius Green and his horse homies are out front. And, uh, I mean, as all good communist movies should, it ends with these people breaking to a CEO's house to eat him. Yep. And, uh, yeah. And that's the movie. Man, that is... I love that movie. <laughs> also, a very I, weird film. I'm a little upset that you... That you uh, that I've now made the realization that End Time is basically another version of this movie. Hmm. I, I guess? Yeah, no, because what happens at the end is like all the, all the, all the poor, oh, yeah, poor people with, raise yeah, up. Yeah, it ends and with they, like a literal... Yeah, it's an uprising revolution, they, and they steal the time back from people, from yeah. the rich. Yeah. Like in in time is not subtle. It's not subtle not either, even but like, bit. like you know, it, I'm just upset that both this movie and in time have like a has DNA shared with each other. Yeah, man, DNA is communism. Yeah, yeah. So you know, watch in time, watch Snowpiercer, watch. Sorry to bother you. Make a uh, make an evening out of a triple feature. Yeah, triple feature. Uh, you know, maybe maybe have like a you know work like movie night and everyone's just like well what's going on here you're like sorry i tricked you into my union uh, to my uh, union planning organizing meeting um yeah fuck fuck the bosses right yeah i mean i don't know what else do you have to say about this movie it's just a good movie it's it's an enjoyable film uh good music listen to the coup uh love the guillotine yeah i don't know it's horse people you know horse it's just you know, sometimes you need to say the quiet part loud in an entertaining way. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Well, that's that's all that's all I got to be honest. That's all um, I got too. It's just, it's just a good movie. You should definitely watch it. Um, for sure. Yep. Maybe you should have watched it before listening to this episode. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but watch it again. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Uh, go go join a union go i don't know join psl or something um you know if you get the chance uh make your boss real uncomfortable and maybe i don't know if you could do it legally punch them in some legal way i don't know that there's a lot of legal ways you're allowed to assault your boss well you can assault them with unionizing stuff or it's not punching them you said you said punch them illegally. i mean you could okay literally okay here's here's what here's what your homework is Find the exoskeletons that people are giving to old workers to, so they can lift up boxes again. Put them on young strapping bodies that have a lot of muscle, and then use and then raise up enough people 
to like, you know, storm a building and punch all the managers and bosses. Yes. I mean, do Elysium. Elysium also, I think, shares DNA. I haven't seen Elysium. Well, it's it's basically a bunch of people who are who who are modified to work on a uh, on a dystopic Earth are trying to go to a ring world where everyone is actually treated well, where all the rich people live. Oh, I see. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, capitalism sucks. I don't know. Yeah. It steals almost everything away from you, and almost all your problems relate to it. Somewhere, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Go go read some Angela Davis and, you know, some Marx or whatever. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I don't know what else to say. Do well. How do how do we go out of this? Uh, here. Let me just go read like the first couple of pages of the manifesto for us. Okay. Cool. So thank you all for listening. We'll be back to Riverdale next week. Uh, but in the meantime, a specter is haunting Europe: the specter of communism. All the powers of old Europe have entered into a holy alliance to exercise the specter. Pope and Tsar, Metternich and Guziat, French radicals and German police spies. Where is the party in opposition that has not been decided as communist by its opponents in power? Where is the opposition that has not hurled back the branding reproach of communism against the more advanced opposition parties as well as against its reactionary